Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. With the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up? Eagle, everyone. Welcome in to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell. Happy New Year, everybody. It is 2024, and I, for one, have very high hopes for 2024. I really hope I don't play this at the start of 2025 and be like, what an idiot. Uh, but I really have good good feeling about 2024, um, both personally, professionally, and for our Auburn Tigers. Let's break it down. Jay, I know that this year is going to entail some amazing things for you. We actually haven't talked about it on the podcast, but if you follow Jason on social media, you probably are aware of what we're talking about, but I'm going to let him take it from here. What what awaits you in 2024, Jason Campbell? Wow. First of all, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Taylor. Ooh. Even though you didn't respond to my text message on Happy New Year Day. but <laughs> I, I told you happy birthday. Was, yeah, I figured you was drowning in all that that maroon out there in Pasadena, you know, True. just kind of like trying to figure out like where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, barely but, hanging on right now. <laughs> but uh, I will say this. Yes, 2024 is, a, is amongst us. And for us, it's some exciting news. You know, I've waited a long time and patiently because, you know, everything happens to people when God is ready for it to happen. Totally. And, you know, he's blessed me and my wife to be able to get pregnant. And we have a baby that's due in February. And uh, so we were both so, so excited and to a point that sometimes you almost feel overwhelmed when you start to think about a life that you have to take care of. Yeah. You know, like you are responsible for this little person and, <laughs> and everything. So they depend on you, you know, and everything. So, you know, we're, we're so blessed and so happy and excited about this. Uh, you know, anytime you have a chance to bring new life. You know, it is uh, something you definitely doesn't take for granted. Don't take for yeah. granted. Oh, my gosh. And it is a baby. Girl. Girl. So, yeah. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. You are going to oh. be wrapped around her finger. Yeah, I'll be wrapped and also very <laughs> protective. And very protective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very protective. And, you know, all her little uncles that'll be around her. That's my friends. <laughs> that'll, that'll be very protective over as well. Of uh, course. But, you know, it's exciting because a girl is you know outside the wife is and the mom is like another queen to the family yeah you know and if you you have to take care of your queens in oh. home first so when they're out of your nest then they'll know what it what it's supposed to look like for them to be taken care of by a guy somebody that they meet in their totally future. oh yeah I, I mean you will be her hero and and you will be mm. the example um, for other men in her life to follow, which is such a, right. a responsibility, but also such an honor. Uh, Jason met my dad a few weeks ago in Auburn uh, at the game I was covering. And, and when he was talking to my dad about having a girl, my dad was like, 
Well, here you go. You're she's gonna have you in the palm of her hand. My dad is a dad to two girls, and he uh, he did that. He set the example yeah. um, of what a man is is supposed to be. So you'll be that for her. And she's so lucky to have you and Shayla, just two of the best people ever. And I know you're gonna be incredible parents. So I'm so excited. And they're naming her Taylor, and that is just so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but she is going to be beautiful and so loved. And uh, maybe we'll get a little little view of her in, in the podcast one day whenever she's oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. here with us. So that when is exciting. Yeah, when I'm on babysitting duty and I got to do the podcast, <laughs> you know, I'm going to link her in one arm while I shoot the Heck podcast yes. in the other arm. You know, but yeah, we do what we can to make it work right here. But we will. We will. Yeah. How could you not be excited about 2024? Amazing things ahead. Uh, 2023, I am okay with leaving in the rearview mirror. Not going to lie. It had some adversity for your girl and it also had some adversity for Auburn and that rolled right on into the bowl game which unfortunately we're just going to touch on real briefly and then we'll talk about what else is going on in and around college football as the season only has a few more days left the national championship is set and we'll talk you through uh, the playoffs and also some relevant topics around college football right now as we embark on a year that will include a lot of change. And I think everyone is kind of in agreement that it probably should continue to change until we get a better, more evenly distributed product on the field. So for the Auburn Tigers, <clears throat> unfortunately... <laughs> A third straight losing season as the Tigers fell in the Music City Bowl to Maryland, 31-13. to And this one was pretty much never a ball game. Maryland jumped out to a 21-0 first quarter lead. Across the board, I, I mean, I really don't even feel like we need to do a ton of breaking this one down. A position group, position group, side of the ball, adjustments, coaching, Auburn got beat in every facet of this game. And, and it was, you know, it was one of those where you felt like this team had gained some traction, even though it didn't end in wins or, you know, a winning record. You were seeing progress. You were seeing glimpses of improvement. You were seeing different guys evolve and step up. And in the bowl game, you felt like we reverted back to midseason. And I, I understand the the current nature about around bowl games is kind of negative and and they feel like glorified spring games at this point and and that's certainly a conversation that um everyone is having at a very high volume right now because it's kind of getting to a point of why are we even doing this i mean we're not going to you look at the Georgia Florida State game and there's your argument you know these these don't matter the same to everyone but for a team like Auburn, it felt very necessary to get another one, to get all of those practices, to get another game experience for a lot of these guys that do plan to return. I understand the opt-outs, whatever. That's a different situation. But this team looked like it had no rhythm. It had no identity. It had no leader. And that was really glaring to me. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, obviously you were, you were on site and you got to kind of see the ins and outs of it. 
what ultimately led to this, Jay? Because Maryland wasn't at full strength either. They were without right. their starting quarterback. Like, the fact that this never was a game and Auburn really didn't feel like they even came to the fight with their gloves on was concerning, and it it never is a good way to close out your season with so many question marks. Most definitely. Uh, I'm not the type of guy that's going to sit here and make a whole bunch of excuses. Uh, right. When you think about the whole program, as a whole, we knew this was going to be a little bit of a mulligan year, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for example. But when you talk about Maryland, they was without Talia, you know, mm-hmm. who's their uh, Big Ten historic passer of all time as far as records go, uh, passing yards go in records. And then you talk about their top corner was out. And then they had some other guys that was out, too. So we had five guys out on defense. Did that show early in the game? Yes, it did show early mm-hmm. in the game. I, like By the time our, our, our young guys – got wind of what was going on, what was happening in the second quarter, you look up, you're down 21 to zero. But the the thing about that, they didn't get any help because our offense was just sputtering from the get-go. And, you know, we couldn't get first downs in the first quarter. We couldn't get rolling. We couldn't stay on the field, sustain drives, which would have gave those guys an opportunity to sit on the sidelines and go through the plays a little bit more about what they're seeing. So when they get back on the field, they're able to be in the right position. But when you're going three and out, three and out, it's like you just sat down. Oh, here we go. And, right. you know, you're back on the field and, and you just saw it. Like you just saw the energy from Maryland when they first approached the field in pregame. Those guys was out there, their shirts off. It's 35 degrees. It's cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they look like they wanted to win this game. Like they, they look like, hey, we, we're not just here. We're here to win. Mm-hmm. Where Auburn guys, we look comfortable. It almost mm-hmm. looked like we, we just, we're too easy right now as far as being comfortable, we need to be knocked off our spot a little bit. Like these mm-hmm. guys need to wake up a little bit and and get uncomfortable. And I, I guess in the springtime, coach is going to have to do that. He's going to have to push these, these guys to get out of their comfort zone, change the dynamic of this program. We have three losing seasons in a row, unheard of for an Auburn program. Yeah. And how you do that is you got to start making examples out of some people. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is you got some me guys on the team. I don't care. Let them go. Like right. you got to start letting these guys go and stop tailoring to them so much that make them feel like, oh, they're so needed. If they're so needed, why are we six and seven? Ooh, you know, so that's my whole thing is, you know, go out and produce. And, and if you're going to ask for certain things, then you should be giving certain efforts back. You know, yeah. you should be giving something back to the program and not just always want to receive things. So totally. with that being said, you got to make some examples. So when springtime come around, if I'm coach, I'm hard nosed all spring. And what I'm trying to do is, yes, I'm building a relationship with my guys, but I'm also let them know here, guys, this ain't this ain't a couch that we're sitting on to get comfortable while we watch TV. We got a job to do yeah, and we got to do it together. And all jobs are open. And what I mean by that is I'm not naming any starters in spring. You're going to earn your job coming out of spring because all this notion of, you know, I'm a starter. I feel good. No one on this team right now should say, hey, I know I'm the number one guy. No. Because all all positions need to be held accountable and make these guys start pushing each other and start building that special bond. And in that way, they're going to have more respect for each other. They're going to have more yeah. respect for the team, more respect for the AU on Saturday helmets. But you got to start the process in the spring and knock these guys off their comfort zone. Totally. Yeah, you're so right. Like why anyone would have a mentality of what 
should be given to them right now when I don't feel like anyone is contributing enough to this program right now to get it back to where at least the showcasing in the bowl game. I guess I would say the the best position group performance would be the tight ends. I think Rivaldo is consistently giving everything he can. He's someone who has steadily gotten better. I remember earlier in season, I was like, oh, this guy's got some drops. Like, what are we doing? He has steadily gotten better. Um, His blocking has gotten so much better. He's physical. His presence, he's a mismatch. Like, I I would give the tight ends probably the highest grade. Everyone else, there was so much work to be done, so much improvement to be made. So you're right. I don't think anyone can head into this offseason feeling like their spot is 100% secure. It shouldn't be. If you're the kind of competitor that this program needs, no one should feel like they are the undisputed starter come 2024 August. Um, I, I think the quarterback will continue to be a, a topic of conversation. Peyton had a really bad day. Peyton had a really bad day. And that hasn't necessarily been what we have said in the last several weeks of season, but it was something we said during season as a whole. And so is Peyton Thorne the undisputed starter for 2024? I don't think they know that yet. I don't think that they have abandoned the potential of a transfer addition. If you Google Auburn right now, all the articles that come up are about Liberty's quarterback, who is now in the portal. Cam Ward was supposedly in talks for Auburn. I don't think that they are... 100% committed to not going into the portal. I know that Hugh had said, we feel good with having Peyton as our returner right now. We also have some young guys that we don't want to risk losing. But I feel like after a showcasing like that in the bowl game, if I'm this coaching staff, I'm back at the drawing board. I didn't see enough to give me the comfort that I don't need to be exhausting all efforts. And that might include another transfer quarterback. Peyton was 13 of 27 for 84 yards. We did get the opportunity to see Hank Brown get his first action of season. He went seven of nine for 132 yards. He had the most yardage out of any of our quarterbacks. Holden saw some brief action, didn't look great either. So I I think you do have Walker White coming in, a lot of excitement for him. But if this coaching staff knows, especially for what they want to do, and when you look at Auburn's history, Auburn has been its most successful and been at the top of its game when it has had a lights-out quarterback. We have not been an offense or a program in years past that skates by with an average quarterback. We have to have that star We have to have that leader, and we don't right now. So whether it's the evolution of guys that we currently have on this roster or it's the addition of someone new, it's got to start there. Also, the offensive line had a bad game. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. They really struggled to create lanes and provide pass protection. But we all know the importance of the quarterback position. You can turn on the tape and watch the playoff games that just happened. Michael Penix won them that game. If you don't have that undisputed leader with star power at that position in a conference like the SEC, you are going to struggle. Most definitely. You, you it, The competition is too strong. Like you yes. got to be someone that can galvanize the guys around you. It can't just, you can't look deflated as a quarterback. Totally. Like if you have a bad play, you got to come to the sideline and you got to get those other guys ready to go because everyone's looking at you to see how you're going to respond. Right. And when you get back on the field, if you respond with the same thing, but you're not, you know, you're not motivating guys, you're not showing guys any type of promise to to be better, 
then all of a sudden it becomes stale. And and when things become stale, it just like everyone just like, okay, this is what we expect. Like, yeah, you can't get to that point. And the difference is, you know, when Hank Brown came into the game, if you saw some of the accuracy of his throws, Mm-hmm. You saw the guys, you even saw more pep in the receivers. Oh, yeah, they step. perked up a little bit. They started perking up a little bit, and they started running their routes a lot faster mm-hmm. because they felt like, oh, this guy's throwing the ball accurately where we can catch the ball and get yards out the catch. We're not reaching behind us. We're not reaching at our feet and all those type of things. Like, they see him as being accurate. And he showed a lot more poise and confidence. I know it was doing some mop-up duty and all that type of stuff, but at the same time, as a quarterback, you can kind of see when the ball comes off a kid's arm, I mean, off a kid's hand, the velocity that's on it and right. how and he throws it with conviction. You know, like he sees it, I'm throwing this with conviction. It's not a, I'm a guest throw this, I'm a mid-throw it because I'm not sure. Like he was throwing all his balls with sheerness behind it. Yeah. And the teammates saw that. You even saw the defensive guys, he comes to the sideline, hitting them on the shoulder pads, saying, hey, man, great job, you know, ready to go. Like, it just seemed like more life came into the team. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, if anybody can see that. Uh, so I know if we see it, Peyton saw it, you know, Holden saw it. So yeah. that's why I say, like, you know, these guys got to understand, like, man, this, this is not a given deal. You know, just because you transferred in here, doesn't mean it's automatically your job. Like you right. still have to win the job. And if I want these young guys, I don't care that you're a senior. Like I'm still gonna compete. Like right. I'm trying to get on the field just as much as you trying to get on the field. So, you know, I'm not afraid of Auburn playing a freshman quarterback if they have to. If he's the yeah. best guy for the job, you know, I don't care if it's Walker White or Hank Brown or whoever it is. If he's the best man for the job, play the best man for the job. I you know, totally like. Agree. Yeah, I like if you're paid and you don't want one of these young, young young guys to have your job, then show more promise. Like mm-hmm. get more involved with your teammates, be more initiative, get those guys behind you, start, you know, playing at a higher level and let your energy show better, you know, right. and, and and everything. So there's a lot that this team can learn from this year and take from this year. I will say this about the transfer portal because they just passed another rule last week that you can transfer twice now and then three times with a graduate transfer. My thing with that is, okay, if you're going to allow that to happen, then they got to come up with some something where either you're, gonna get, you're just going to stick with the playoffs like the NFL and you're not going to have these extra bowl games. Right. Or you're going to have the playoffs plus a couple of bowl games. And if you're going to do that, then hold a transfer portal window to after the bowl games. A 100%. Bowl games. Yeah, move the bowl games up. So that way coaches are not trying to recruit their own players, recruit high school players, trying to find time to schedule and practice to get ready for the bowl game. Mm -hmm. But if you move the bowl games up, then you say, okay, we can focus on the bowl games. And then after the bowl game, you expect some guys to hit the transfer portal. But at that point in time, you space things out to give people an opportunity where it's not total chaos. So they got to come up with a better system. I also say, number two, it's okay if kids going to transfer. My whole thing is this is the new day day and age. You got to adapt or you fall behind. Mm-hmm. For me, if you're going to transfer, don't allow kids to transfer within the same division. If you're going yeah. if you're going to transfer, like if you're going from the SEC, okay, you go to Big 10, Big 12, anywhere else but the another same SEC conference. school. Right, same conference. But if you're going to transfer within the conference, then you have to sit out a year. That yeah. way you get some type of parameters around this. So that way it's not an Auburn guy going to Bama, Bama guy going to Auburn, going to yeah. Georgia. It's just you're taking out the rival aspect 
and the toughness of the game, which makes college football special. Yep. I was just like, if you start to just allow this all the time, you're going to lose the great game because it's not going to be a robbery. I'm going over here. Why? Because they pay me more money. But, <laughs> but you're starting here. You yep. know, so that's, the, that's where we're going to end up going to. We have to, honestly, like it's, it's a crapshoot right now. And we'll, we'll come back to some Auburn news in a minute, but look, this is the overarching conversation that everyone is having right now, because you have some of the most esteemed coaches in college football right now, hating being a part of this. And, and I don't blame them because this thing is so messy right now. And it's honestly challenging them in ways that the profession was never supposed to be about to begin with. Otherwise they would all be in the NFL. Like this is a messier NFL. It, it makes no sense that the portal would open before the season is even complete. It makes no sense that I would be covering a game, covering an athlete who is playing for this team, even though he's already announced he's playing for another team within the conference next season. It is BS, honestly, all of it. This season should conclude before any of these guys are able to enter the portal. It's a distraction. It's increasing individualism on the team. And of course, in the bowl game, which is all crap right now. Like, there were very few bowl games that were compelling this season. And honestly, I think an exposition game is probably what you're looking at with some of these lesser bowls. And I am just, if we're going to start treating these student athletes as amateur professionals, which is pretty much what it is. It's getting to a point of a professional league, especially when you're dealing with the top several on the roster. They are getting paid a lot of money. And you're going to view the last game of your season as optional. In the NFL, Jay, what would have happened if one of the games you said, you know what, I really, I've got some plans next month and I really, if I get injured, like that, that's going to suck. I think I'm going to bow out of this one. Well, you're going to get fined. And you're going to get fined. You know? Your money will be affected. If these kids want the benefit, you also have to uphold the responsibility. If you are going to be given the financial graces that these kids are getting, you don't have a game viewed as optional. If you sit out of this game, your check is affected. Well, it's also the people that are giving the money to these collectives to pay these kids. Like, it's not a tax break. Uh, yeah. Everybody keeps thinking they're getting tax. Oh, they're giving this money because they're getting a tax break. No, it's not a 501c3 because you're not giving it to the university. A collective yep. is totally separate than the university. So you give to the collective. Sometimes you end up paying more taxes because you're going to get a K-1 that's Jeez. issued to you. So the people that are giving this money just really love their university and really want to see it have a better brand. But at the same time, we have to understand, like, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Thank you. you know, I could not the, think of it. The, that's the whole thing. So it's just like back when we played, man, guys took bowl games serious, you know, mm -hmm. and then the way you finished the season kind of carried over to the next season. That's why I was so shocked the way Auburn came out because I'm just like, okay, you've had two season, two losing seasons in a row, and now you get a chance. You're six and six. You're playing a Maryland team in Nashville, which has way more Auburn fans there, and yeah. you have an opportunity to come out and play like your hair is on fire and try to get on them, and they were without their starting quarterback to win this game. You would then finish seven and six, have some rhythm, have some momentum. And then also you have a winning season. You stop the landslide. And for this team to come out and look as flat as they did and just not like they was into the game until 
you know, after the second quarter a little bit, but it just goes to show you too, Taylor, like you said, like, yes, leadership on this football team has got to get better and, and everything. But at the same time, players have to hold more responsibility that, Hey, if you're going to ask for these certain things, then you need to go out and show people that you care about what, what it is that you're doing. You care about the brand. You care about each other, like play for each other. Like I, I understand when money got involved and everything that it was gonna it was gonna create a lot of me stuff because I played in the NFL before, right? And but in the NFL there were certain parameters around it, you know, exactly. And and, and for us to transfer a portal go, like I said, I know kids gonna transfer. I just don't like it within the conference from mm-hmm. year to year. I like mm-hmm. just change that up a little bit, and then from the standpoint of stop having two transfer windows, like move the bowl games up, have a transfer window for maybe two and a half weeks. Don't leave it a month, a month long open, and right. then don't have another one after spring. So now you're doing everybody disservice. You put so much time and effort into developing this kid in the spring to be your guy, and then after spring, say your quarterback say, "Oh, I'm transferring." He's gone. Now you yeah. done did all of this preparation and preparing this guy. And then he's gone out the spring to another school. Like right. that's 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 too hard. Like you can't build your program, you can't build your team like that. And right. you don't even do that in the NFL. So they gotta find a way to do it, have one transfer portal window. And then that way people can prep and plan and get ready for their seasons. But it's always a chance now. Well, this kid may get disappointed because yeah, he missed it. Like, I didn't do this for him in the spring or something. So after <laughs> spring, he's gone. Like, what are we teaching them? Like, first and foremost, uh-huh. what are we teaching the kids so that if you hit some adversity, do you just quit and go the other mm-hmm. way? If you're not getting something handed to you, do you just turn you to and you just go the other way? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't see any direction. Like, we need a commissioner in college football. Yeah. We need a commissioner in college football. And they need to come up with some type of plan of how to operate this entire platform. I totally agree. You have to change the schedule. You have to add incentive that for all of this NIL money that you're getting, there also have to be almost a contract that you're upholding. And that means playing in all the games that you are medically cleared to play in. It's not optional to be part of this team, especially when you're getting such financial benefit for being part of this team. Um, back to Auburn really quickly, and then we'll, we'll talk about the playoff real quick. A few guys have officially announced their decisions. Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett have both officially announced on social media. They will be declaring for the draft. Brian Batie has announced that he will be entering the transfer portal, which, which leads you to believe that Jarquez Hunter is returning. I don't believe he has officially announced one way or the other, but the deadline to declare for the draft is January 15th. So it's coming up semi-quickly. Um, but I feel like if if you're a Brian Batie and you know that Jarquez, uh, Damari Alston, obviously Jeremiah Cobb, the way he's come on, they're all going to be in that stacked room. And, and you're a guy who's certainly you know showed glimpses of what he can do, specifically on special teams. I mean, he was a great return for us as well. Um, special teams was also a problem in the bowl game. Another muffed punt situation and fun, like, um, but anyway, so we certainly wish him the best. And uh, it, it does make you think that that running back room is going to be returning several of our big names, which is great. And then obviously we've talked about guys like Marcus Harris who have declared as well. So as Auburn turns the page on what was a disappointing season, new coaching staff, new quarterback, new faces what what should be taken from it what do you hope continues what did you like about what 
uh, whether it's scheme personnel aspect of this season that you would like to see carried over into 2024. What else do you want to see added by August 2024? I would say consistency. Yeah. Because when we play teams like Georgia, we played Alabama, like Ole Miss, all those games, we were we was right, we was ahead in those games with a chance to win it in the last five to six minutes of the game. Yeah. And then we go against teams like New Mexico State, Maryland, and teams like that, and we just don't look like the same team. Up. Like we yeah. don't show up. So I would say finding ways to have consistency is one. Okay. Uh number two, create leaders. And what I mean by that is if you're going to wear that C on your chest, you need to earn it. Like totally. anybody on your team need to walk up to you and they can walk up to you and say, yeah, that guy there, he, he's a captain. We need real captains. Don't yeah. put a C on, don't put a C on your chest uh, just because you play a certain position. No, mm -hmm. you need to earn that C on your chest. So that way you would be respected by your teammates. Um, right. I would say number three is, you know, just getting rid of the me guys. You know, I've, I've said it, you know, you have to, like, you have to, you know, you heard um, Fairweather say after the game, we got too many loose leashes in the locker room. Yep. This is someone that actually plays in the locker room and he hears and knows what's going on. Yep. So, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be a senior next year and he wants his senior year to be a good year, a good yeah. one. And, and in order to do that, my thing is all these guys are, you're getting paid significantly. You know, if you have to put up Auburn's roster compared to a lot of rosters across college football, you'll probably be like, man, these guys get taken care of. Mm -hmm. So my thing is from that standpoint is, okay, you're getting taken care of there. You're getting taken care of scholarship wise. You're getting taken care of food wise, you know, financially you're good. Like what's your motivation then? Because I always tell guys, it's not about, you know, everyone can say, Oh man, I, get, I gotta get the money. I gotta get the money. Okay. When you get the money, then what? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's more important what you do after you get the money than just what you're doing before you get the money. These guys got to get back to protecting each other, protecting the shield, and playing for one another and loving one another. Like, yeah, I love my teammates I play with at all. I know. You know, I know. from the top to the bottom. It doesn't matter if you was a, a, a snapper on punt. You know, like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a brotherhood. Right. You know what I'm saying? So these guys got to stop thinking, oh, what can I do to get for me? And start thinking, what can I do for we? So that way that we all can achieve the ultimate goal. When I watched Washington play the other night, I heard Pennis talk about after the game, like the reason he came back and the reason these guys wanted to, they wanted to win a championship. Yeah. And they felt like they could compete for a championship. You know, like that tells you something. It's more than just money for those guys. Mm -hmm. It's about it's they're building something that's going to last them the rest of their life. I know. And they're going to think about it. And I'm, I'm afraid a lot of colleges and kids are going to miss that because their focus is not where it needs to be, even though you're still in the realms of getting taken care of. Totally. Totally. It's become very individualized. And those are the teams that are not finding success. Cause at the end of the day, this is still a team game. You are only as strong as the sum of your parts. No one is going to be able to do it without still having that at the root of why you're doing it. So I hope that 2024 is a year that a lot changes for Auburn. You know, there were certainly glimpses of it in 2023 of what it could be, um, but it wasn't consistent, like you said. And at the end of the day, that's not going to get you anywhere Long term, you may have moments, you may have special Saturdays, but you're not going to be vying 
for a title at the end of the season. And it is looking like there are so many teams that are going to be so strong next year. I mean, oh, yeah. Lane Kiffin is assembling <laughs> a championship oh. team right now. I mean, he is getting every guy in the portal right now. So, I, I mean, and Jackson Dart is returning. Uh, Ole Miss is going to be, I guarantee you, they'll be preseason top five just because of all the names they're accumulating right now. Alabama is going to be in an interest, an interesting one to follow because, you know, obviously people want to say right now that Saban seems like he's done. And is this going to be the year that he chooses? Like, you know what? It's just all changing too much. I'm not interested in being a part of it. I'm I'm better off passing the baton right now. Um, but I know how much he loved this past team, and a lot of these guys are coming back. So does he stick with them again? You know, this would be – I saw a stat today. If next year's team doesn't win a national championship, it would be the first class under Saban to have never won during their four-year college career. That's never happened under him at Alabama. So um, it, it will be a lot of compelling storylines. Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. You know Texas is going to be hungry after just missing out on the national championship. You really do feel like they're back to the prominence that Texas expects to be. Tennessee fans are feeling super good about their quarterback, Nico, who finally got his shot in their bowl game. He's a freshman phenom that they've been clamoring to see. Finally let him go in the bowl game, and he's as good as advertised. He's a stud. So this conference isn't slowing down anytime soon. It's probably getting stronger every year in terms of talent. The difference is who holds true to what college football was all about to begin with? And that's the love of the game and doing it as a team. At the end of the day, just like you pointed out, Washington, that is still the winning formula. You got to block out all this extra crap and go back to the meaning of all of this. So Auburn's got to figure a lot out, and I'm hopeful that they start now. Yeah, that's a big offseason for Auburn. Uh, last year, Everything was happening so fast. Decisions had to get made so fast. But this season, you know, now you have an opportunity to recap on film because now this is your product. So now you get a chance to look at your product and say, okay, well, we need to adjust. Well, we need to do better. You know, how we hone in tighter on things. And uh, a lot of that just start with the details, but it then also starts in practice. You know, mm -hmm. intensity in practice, you know, that's one thing a lot of coaches like to do to see things change. They pick up the intensity in practice. You know, they they get these guys out of the comfort zone and walking around like we won 10 championships and and act like we're trying to go win another championship. You know, yeah. you look at – you talk about Ole Miss. Ole Miss approached that Penn State game with a – with a demeanor to prove something. Oh yeah. You know, they, they wanted to win their first 11 game uh, ever season, but also they wanted to show that they belong, you know, yep. Penn state coming in there and, you know, who's been uh, really good on new year six bowl games. And they just, they, they, they gave them the business and, they did. <laughs> you know, so it, the thing for them is, will they be able to handle all the publicity that they're getting come springtime yep. and summertime you know they relax or will they keep plugging uh when it comes to like i said bama you know bama's gonna always as long as saban's a head coach they're gonna be competitive um lsu fired four defensive guys this week um and everything off their staff so lsu always was known for defense and DBU. they got to get back to being defense and dbu 
Uh, so you expect some things there to happen, but they have had two 10 win seasons in a row, mm-hmm. uh, under Kelly. Uh, you think about, you know, Mississippi state got a different head coach. He's an offensive minded guy. Uh, you know, they play pretty good defense and now, yeah. you know, see what he does offensively. So there's a lot of things happening. Even coach Petrino back in the sec, I mean, back in at Arkansas yep. as the offensive coordinator, you know, so, you know, there's going to be a difference there. It's a lot. It, it is a lot. And for Auburn, we got to hurry up and speed dial these things. Agreed. You know what I mean by that, we got to start hitting on some players yes. and, uh, and, and everything. And then also these players got to start leading each other and uh, being, you know, tough on one another to make the team better. Mm-hmm. You know, not so much. Don't fight it so much out loud publicly, but fight it within your locker room. Right. To galvanize the guys and say, hey, man, you know, all got to be pulling on one train. And, and what's our main goal is first, you got to, there's no SEC East or West next year. First is mm-hmm. how do we get to the top two to play for the SEC championship? And right. then how do we get from there to the playoffs? So, you know, I, I think with a new playoff format, 12, four teams in the SEC will legitimately have a chance to be in that. So if you're not two of those teams is playing in the SEC championship, you still have a shot to go play in the playoffs and have a chance to compete for a championship. So yeah, I, I do think it's going to make kids have a lot more to play for when they can say, oh, man, just because I didn't finish top four doesn't mean the season's over with. So right. I think that will help from a better product um, and everything. So it's a lot to digest this offseason, but I do expect some rule changes to come. I'm oh, just for not, sure. I'm just not – sure which direction they're going to come but yeah it's it's about to get really really interesting because you know college football is taking on a whole new new mindset in 2024 i couldn't agree more and and some good but some negative and they got to work that out uh well to close out the college football season the uh college football playoff semifinal games happened this past week And boy, did they deliver. I mean, just both incredible games. I was lucky enough to be at the Rose Bowl. And even though it was Alabama, that was, if you like college football, Mm. that was one of the best games I've seen all season. That game was, it had everything. It had everything. It had drama. It had offense. It had defense. It had good coaching. It had bad moments. It had literally everything. Uh, But ultimately, Michigan comes out on top, defeating Bama in overtime. And then Texas-Washington followed. Washington just feels like the team of destiny this year. So many people picked Texas to win that one. And, And Steve Sarkeesian and the job that he did this year, hats off. But Washington has some freaking firepower, man. Watching them play, that offense you just feel like you're watching a really special talent when you watch Michael Penix Jr. He's just yeah. he he played one of the best games of his life. Like it was, but his his receivers help him so much too. Like they create I'm such good separation. They have such efficient routes. Like they're just a well-oiled machine, specifically offensively. And so it sets up a really interesting national championship game on Monday between Michigan and Washington because they're very different. Like, I, I I think both of these semifinal games, they were pretty well matched because there were similarities. Like, Michigan-Alabama were so similar. They were yeah. so similar. Like, Michigan, their defense, it was like watching a team on, like, 
two times speed. Their defense is so fast. Like that was what jumped out to me. Even on the in the trenches, like they are coming off the edge so freaking fast. If you blink, you'll miss them. And the blitzes they were dialing up the middle, just speed. If it weren't for Alabama's offensive line issues, I think they would have won that game, though. But neither of them showcased some huge offensive firepower. Meanwhile, you've got Washington. Like, the kid's arm is out of this world. Like, But I think that Washington, Michigan, I mean, who who bends or who breaks, you know? Because you've got, like, this ridiculous defense against this ridiculous offense. May the best man win. Like, it's going to be so compelling. But I do hate to even bring this up. Watching Michigan, Alabama, I did feel like I think Georgia would have beaten either of those teams. Oh, yeah. I, and that, I think so. That's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, Florida State would have beaten neither. Florida State wouldn't have beat any of the four, so I need that argument to stop. But I, it did reiterate the need for the playoff expansion because I was watching those games going – I don't believe that Georgia would not have ended up in the national championship. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, when I watched that game, you know, Georgia didn't have a healthy Brock Bowers or the McConkey, you know, yeah. when they played in the SEC championship game, both of those guys was very, very limited um, and everything, but it made you realize like defense still is pivotal when it comes to winning championships. Yeah, And you yeah. saw Michigan, uh, their defense kept standing tall when Jeez. Alabama had every opportunity to expand that lead and make yeah. it really hard on uh, really hard for Michigan to come back and their defense just kept showing up, you know, kept, you know, five sacks in the first half, something like that. Um, you know, like those guys came to play. And I really like this matchup with Washington and Michigan girls. Washington came out to prove something against Texas. They heard they all did. the noise. They played with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, especially Pennis not winning a Heisman. Mm-hmm. You know, he talked about that a little bit. Uh, you know, he felt like being on an undefeated team and doing what he did deserved the Heisman and uh, the fact that he didn't get it. And then Uze, the uh, receiver, I think I said that right, uh, the receiver for him, he's super, super good. Yeah. And this is a guy that I thought should have won the receiver national award uh, mm-hmm. and everything. But they gave it to Marvin Harrison Jr., who's another exceptional receiver himself. But Who how do you not out. give it to Yeah. But how do you not give it to a guy that plays on a undefeated team? And he put up the same numbers, you know. So yeah. um, I just think it's something to be said about that, that sometimes a lot of these awards are starting to show favoritism um, and everything. So I, I I think this this matchup is really, really good because you're going to get really good defense and you're going to get a Michigan offense that can run the football. And McCarthy, he plays good. Yeah, McCarthy plays good. You know, of and course, JJ, I know he started yeah. the game up the other day and – you know, he had the you know, a couple of bad plays to start the game, but he was nervous. But once he yeah. settled in, he was he was really good. And I think Michigan plan is keep Pennants on the sideline by controlling the clock and oh, playing yeah. great defense. Oh, yeah. uh, Washington game plan is when we do get the ball, take advantage of every opportunity to stay explosive because you need to get you have to get in a lead in this game if you're Washington because if yep. you get in a lead then Michigan can't play ball control and keep you on the sideline but so if true. Michigan jump up on you 7-0 10-0 now the game goes towards Michigan because now they're just going to try to pay bend but don't break defense and then let that front four try to get out your offensive line which is considered the best offensive line in college football right try to get out the pennants a little bit 
but it changes the dynamic. So if you're Michigan, it's more pressure on you to score first in this ball game and not allow Washington to get up first. So yeah. I, I really like I really like the matchup. I, I do. I think it's great for college football. It's un, too unfamiliar. Well, not unfamiliar. Michigan's not unfamiliar. They haven't won it in about thirty years. Yeah. But, you know they've still been prominent over the last couple of years. Washington. Really good program, really good head coach. Quarterback spins it off his hands. It just comes off nice and pretty. Yeah. Um, you know, just can't wait to see this, man. You got two really good leaders at quarterback. You know, yeah. you, you talk about these two guys are considered probably two of the best to come through their universities. Agreed. Uh, you know, that's 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 outstanding. You got that. You got two head coaches that know how to win. I know you can say what you want to say about Harbaugh and all that, but he's won at every level he's coached at. He's even gone yeah. to the Super Bowl. So you can't you can't take that away from him. He knows what he's doing. So this may be his last game coaching in college football. I think it is. Um, he has nothing else to prove. Michigan has been getting there, getting there, getting there. And then this year they finally make it to the national championship. And if they win – then he has nothing else to prove. And with all the things that's happening around college sports and parameters, without with parameters around it, he's going to go into the NFL. That's why he hired the agent he hired. Yep. He's got to deal with college contracts. He deal with NFL coaching contracts. He hired him for that reason. So Agreed. I, I think, you know, this is Harbaugh's last game in college and he's moving on. I wouldn't be surprised if the offensive coordinator has moved up to the head coaching job mm -hmm. because he did an exceptional job. True. Uh, Coach Harbaugh was out for those couple of weeks. He had to beat Ohio State. He had to beat Penn State. So he helped deliver. And I think they wouldn't be opposed to just moving him up. That's a good point. And then you just continue to build off of what you've done, even though a lot will move on. A lot will stay the same. True. Yeah, because everybody that's... keeps talking about Chip Kelly. Not Chip Kelly. What's that? Coach, Coach <laughs> Kelly. Brian Kelly. Yeah, everybody I keeps talking about that. him. What has he I shown like, so far? His name once again, Coach Harbaugh Lee. They got his name up for. I, it's Michigan, just um, next in line. I don't know. I don't get yeah, that. I'd rather see the offense coordinator move up to it or the D coordinator. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm inclined to say I would like if I was betting. I feel like I would put my money on Michigan ending up with the win who am I pulling for as a fan who will get to watch the game? I'm pulling for Washington. I am bought into their story. <laughs> their head coach. What is this? His second year there? Like he's Kalen's yeah, yeah. done an unbelievable job there. And Michael Penix and all their stars. Like I've just, I've really enjoyed their entire story and their journey this season. And I think them winning the title would be incredible, but it is certainly going to be another exciting game and can guarantee it'll be more compelling than last year's national championship. So only up from here, I'm going with purple Washington. Washington. I love it. Purple means royalty. Ooh. But Washington have gone through. When you look at their schedule, and some of the games they won, they've been challenged. Oh, yeah. You know, they've earned the right to be in this game. And they've overcome adversity. If you think about their quarterback going through all those four ACL injuries and then still finding himself in a national championship game, you think about their running back, Dylan, who's been battling a foot injury all year, this battle tested. And then the other night, everyone was sitting there watching like, oh, I hope Washington don't give this game away mm -hmm. because Texas is going down the field. And you know Washington had beat them the entire night. Yep. But because of that injury gave Texas an extra time 
you were so afraid that Tessa was going to score and ruin the story of what's been great for college football this year. And what happens? The defensive player knocks the ball out of his hand to seal the game, which had happened for three times this year for Washington. I just think they've been battle tested. I think it's meant for them to win this thing. I, I, I'm not going to say Michigan has gone through a lot too. Those players stayed focused. Sure. They stayed in it when Harbaugh was out and all the noise around him and the, the cheating signals and all this, whatever they was talking about. Those kids stayed locked in, stayed focused. So they've been yeah. battle tested. So we're getting the two most teams this year that's been battle tested and see how they respond. Crazy. And it's just also insane to me that this season is over. I feel like just yesterday we were doing our episode being like, it's football season and now we're done. And that is just crazy. We still got some NFL left. The NFL playoffs will start next week. Hang with us. We've got more to come. And until we talk next week, hope everyone enjoys the national championship game down in Houston. It's going to be a fun one. We'll recap all the action next week. Thanks for listening. And we will be back next week. War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.